The Last Supermodel The old goat has coin. The old goat has coin. Oh, God, does she ever. Stocks, bonds, real estate, gold, even a bunch of Bitcoin she bought on a whim when the crypto could be had for a song. Tens of millions for sure. Hundreds of millions. Maybe even a billion or more. Nobody knows for sure. Certainly not any of her children or grandchildren. They can only speculate, which they do and have done at great length for years, decades. It is the old goat's coin, the number one topic of conversation when any two or more of her progeny wind up in the same room. How much coin does she have? What's she going to do with it? Who's going to get it? Why the hell doesn't she give some of it away? Many of the old goat's sons and daughters and grandsons and granddaughters can grow quite heated during these speculations. They can call her a wide variety of derogatory names, refer to her not only as the old goat, but also as the old scarecrow, the ancient bitch, the hoarder, the miser, the miserable old wretch. She doesn't care. She's heard it all over the years, through the grapevine, through a hole in the wall, from a daughter trying to curry favor, from a grandson who's never been able to keep his trap shut. All of it just tickles her funny bone, makes her guffaw, slap her skinny arthritic knee. Look at her. She can't weigh 85 pounds. Back in the 60s, she was like the very first super skinny supermodel. Before she came along, the models were more buxom, more, more rounded, more Marilyn Monroe-ish. She was built like a boy. No boobs, no hips, no ass. But oh, that beguiling, belligerent smile. Halston put her in a fragrance ad, dressed as a boy, with a page boy haircut. She got the job because she was willing to put out for that art director, a bearded clod who came in like three seconds. Under the photo of her standing on a deserted beach, her expression haughty and defiant, it read in gold letters, Halston, the fragrance for everyone. And the asexual revolution was born. She posed in skinny jeans and no top, stick-thin arms wrapped across her tiny titties, kissing boys and later girls. She posed buck-ass naked, shot from the back, nothing but thin gold chains around her neck and right ankle. She was hawking for Poochie, but nobody remembers what he was selling. She was still just a kid, just 17. Her father ran the show, signed the contracts, kept most of the dough for himself, looked the other way when the doors closed and locked. She was used and abused, deceived and exploited. But she was smart, savvy, had a head for business. She finally dumped the old man and made herself a nice buck 
posing for the cameras, exposing every inch of her skin, save her nipples and her pubic hair. Those she kept in reserve. The real money came later, when she started her own house, her own labels, hired the best designers, churned out gowns, dresses, shoes, hats, suits, jewelry, fragrances. In her early 30s, she married her CFO, a quiet, undemonstrative gentleman closer to 50 than 40. In seven years, they had five children, and except on the day she gave birth, she never missed a day of work. Now, in her 80s, she still goes to work every day. She doesn't go early. She's never been an early bird. Likes to sleep late, lie in bed, read the papers, have sex, at least back in the day. Too old for sex now. A dried-up old prune she is. Still, she does, two or three times a week, put her stable of vibrators and dildos to good use. Why shouldn't I give myself a little tickle? Hmm? Oh, God, she had lovers. Before and after marriage, a thousand one-night stands in New York, Rome, Paris, Istanbul, Marrakesh. Only the finest-looking boys with smooth skin and long muscles. She taught them all a thing or two about a lady's needs. She took what she desired and didn't give a damn for giving. She had lady lovers as well. Long, leggy fashion models and Hollywood starlets. She found them mostly needy, pouty, and impossible to please. Menage a trois was tried, but quickly abandoned. She preferred to be the center of attention, the star attraction. She drank martinis, smoked grass, snorted coke, popped pills to make her happy, sad, fiery, sardonic. She told every man who crossed her path that she was smarter, bolder, and had far bigger balls than they could even imagine. They laughed, but trembled. They all secretly wanted to fuck her in the worst way, subdue her, suppress her. But those days were over. Silly little boys, she called them, in big, violent, aggressive man bodies. In a long and rambling interview, she told Rolling Stone that the vast majority of women made her sick. Crybabies, she called them. Whiners, martyrs, victims. Get off your asses and take what's yours, ladies. You have what they want, what they desire, what they need, what they covet. Use it, for Christ's sakes, to your advantage. Sure, okay, God gave man the muscle, but he, or maybe she, gave woman the minge, the muff, the kitty, the bean, the twat, the pussy, the most valuable hole on earth, maybe the most valuable hole in this whole crazy universe. Use the damn thing to get what you want, ladies, use it to achieve greatness, and of course, most importantly, independence. She caught a lot of grief for this interview, mostly for men, 
But business boomed. Kaboom! The money rolled in like water over Niagara. The women of America, of Europe, of Brazil, and Argentina wanted what she had. The swanky, sexy dresses, the miniskirts and low-cut blouses, the guts, the gall, the balls, the panache. And now? Well, now the kiddies want it. The money, that is, the moolah, the fat jack. She's held on to it, in their view, long enough. Time to spread it around, share the bounty. Well, she disagrees. Finds them a bunch of flunkies, lackeys, toadies, fucking sycophants. She gave them jobs, stock options, health insurance, retirement packages. What more do they want? They live, all 19 of them, high on the hog, higher than most. But they want to live even higher. They think, because of the biological connection, that her dough should be their dough. So tonight, the old goat has a little surprise for them. She's invited them all to dinner at her palatial estate, going to serve them the finest wines and steaks, treat them the way they think they deserve to be treated. Well, she's also invited several members of the press, important personas with clout, editorial writers, anchor women, pundits with big mouths, to help her spread the word. So after the tasty meal, everyone at least mildly soused, she taps her wine glass with a spoon and asks for quiet. I have an announcement to make, she says, about the money, my money, the dead presidents, the dirty greenbacks, the loot, the legal tender. But before she can make her announcement, divulge her cockamamie multi-million dollar philanthropic plan to save the planet, she grabs her frail chest, gasps for air, falls off her chair, and hits the extraordinarily expensive 400-year-old hand-knotted Persian rug with a dull thud. <laughs>